You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Cade Young. And I'm Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. This is the WFHB Local News for Thursday, June 16th, 2022. Later in the program, WFHB Assistant News Director Noelle Herhusky-Schneider speaks with forest activist and Paoli resident Andy Mailer about the Buffalo Springs Restoration Project. Also coming up in the next half hour, 53% of high school graduates attended college in 2022, which is 12 points down from 2015. That's coming up next in your daily headlines. Less high school seniors are attending college in Indiana at record numbers. According to data from the Indiana Commission for Higher Education, 53% of high school graduates attended college in 2020 which is 12 points down from the numbers in 2015. Allison Keir, Communications and Public Relations Manager for the Indiana Commission for Higher Education, gave her initial reaction to the recently compiled data. It was definitely alarming to see the 53% number. And I do want to make clear that that number doesn't just include a two-year or four-year degree. It includes certificates as well. So, to see it be the sharpest year-over-year decline from 2019 to 2020, it went from 59% um, to 53% of, of high school graduates choosing to pursue education beyond high school. It was definitely definitely alarming. And I know that the pandemic had exacerbated the, the decline, but when you look at the trend, as you mentioned, the 2015 numbers, Indiana's college going rate was already heading in the wrong direction. And the COVID pandemic just happened to make it worse. In addition to the COVID-19 pandemic, Keir explained why the number of high school graduates attending college has experienced a downward trend in recent years. She said the pandemic has allowed people to question the value of higher education. The COVID pandemic, you know, right off the bat, knowing that students were just unsure what a college experience would look like. So that did happen to lead to that sharp year-over-year decline. But the overwhelming issue that we've seen in the state is that Hoosiers are really questioning the value of higher education. I mean, there's two kind of underlying factors, the first one being cost. Um, and, And it's a perception and part perception, part reality. So there's the cost factor and then also the factor of is a degree or certification really valuable. And we see these two stories play out in the media all the time. The first story is students who graduate burdened with loads of debt and end up working in kind of a dead-end job that has nothing to do with their degree. You know, I've seen it in the media. I'm sure you've seen it as well. And then there's the other story of um, someone who, like like Steve Jobs, who hit it big without, you know, graduating from college. And, um, you know, these are two really powerful examples that everyone is familiar with. But the fact of the matter is that doesn't mirror the lives of everyday Hoosiers. 
21st century scholars are more likely to go to college than the statewide average. 81% of 21st century scholars go to college compared to the statewide average of 53%. Keir explained the 21st Century Scholars Program and why she believes it incentivizes students to attend college. It's the state's early college promise program, and it provides income-eligible students up to four years of fully covering their tuition and fees at an in-state college or university. The students sign up in seventh or eighth grade in their middle school years, and then they spend those four years of high school completing scholar success program activities, like visiting the college campus or filing the FAFSA, things that really get them prepared to make the transition from high school to college. So that's why we're seeing it be so successful. Um, And one thing that I I did want to share with you and with your listeners is that within the report, we are calling for auto-enrollment of all students who are eligible for the 21st Century Scholars Program into it. So right now, students do have to to make that enrollment decision in seventh or eighth grade. By auto-enrolling them, they wouldn't have to worry about that as long as they're meeting that financial eligibility. As seniors weigh what they intend to pursue after graduating high school, Keir offered some words of advice to someone who may be on the fence about attending higher education. Say that higher education on the individual level, it can be a life changing decision. It's one of the number one ways to increase social mobility, to, to increase, increase wealth, increase wages. I mean, those are, those are the data points. But at the end of the day, it is a deeply personal level. And I think that for students, they have to realize that Indiana is home to so many different options that can work for them. It doesn't necessarily have to be a four-year degree that's on campus. It doesn't necessarily even have to be a two-year degree that is either online or on campus. We have a variety of certificate programs that frankly can be completely free to them through the state's Workforce Ready Grant. So whatever it is, there is an option that can work for you, that can work for your lifestyle, that can work for their needs. Um, that doesn't necessarily have to be that on-campus four-year degree experience. Regardless of the path that individuals choose with education and training beyond high school, whether it's a a certificate, a two, a four-year degree, these are all opportunities that help to open doors to additional opportunities in the future. And by making that step in, in taking in the right direction and pursuing education beyond high school, you know, you are taking a step to to make a better choice for the future. For WFHB News, I'm Cade Young. On Friday, June 10th, concerned Southern Indiana residents met to discuss how to protect the Hoosier National Forest from a logging and burning project the Forest Service announced back in October 2021. The group Save the Hoosier National Forest opposes the Buffalo Springs Restoration Project and wants to make sure the forest is protected for future generations and to help mitigate the effects of climate change. I spoke with forest activist and Paoli resident Andy Mailer about the meeting.
the meeting on June 10th was a group called Save the Hoosier National Forest. Um, can you just ex- briefly explain what the meeting was about and who was involved? Yes, I'd be glad to. Thank you for asking. The meeting was organized actually by a coalition of individuals from down here in Orange and surrounding counties, extending all the way up, of course, to Indianapolis and Bloomington and down to the Ohio River in Louisville. So we represent the entire sweep of the Hoosier National Forest and the highly forested south central region of the state. But there's a specific group called Save Hoosier National Forest, and it also has a website. So that's SaveHoosierNationalForest.com. And then there's an existing organization called Protect Our Woods that has been around since the first round of Forest Service uh, clear-cutting proposals back in the 80s, and it has been revived. So those were the two entities primarily responsible for organizing the meeting, Protect Our Woods and SaveHoosierNationalForest.com. So the meeting was intended to help raise public awareness about the meeting for those who still are not familiar with what the Forest Service has proposed. And sadly, for as large a proposal as this is, and as many people whose lives would be substantially affected by the proposal were it to be implemented, the Forest Service has not done a good job of letting people know what's out there. And so we're trying to help fill that knowledge gap by letting people know what the Forest Service has proposed, what the alternatives are, And then two things in particular, we wanted to give people the information they needed to continue to comment to the Forest Service on this proposal, since the Forest Service has not yet issued their draft environmental assessment, and they have said that they will continue to take substantive public comments until they release the draft environmental assessment. So we encourage everybody who has not yet done so to please contact the Forest Service. And you don't have to know a lot about the issue. You just have to ask them the questions you would want answered by your employees who are managing your forest on your behalf. The other thing we wanted to do at that meeting, though, was let people know that we are in the process of developing our own alternative for Buffalo Springs, one that incorporates public will, public sentiment, public Mm -hmm. intentions, public values, something that the Forest Service has failed to do. And that we are proposing to do because we want to be working for something rather than against something. So the goal of the meeting was mainly informative. Lots of people attended to find out more about what the the Forest Service is proposing moving forward. So this was a meeting that was mainly informative. What are the next steps and goals of the Save the Hoosier National Forest Group and what else needs to be done? And what else can people who are listening do? Well, let me mention something else about the meeting, because I think this was actually the thing about the meeting that got most people's attention and was something had actually some people in tears at the end because it was such a powerful meeting. It was a great meeting. Is that instead of a few experts sitting at the front of a room telling everybody what they should know or what they should think, we've arranged the chairs basically in a large circle. Everybody in the room had a chance to say why they cared, why they came, and what they value about the forest. And it was the organizers who gained at least as much from the meeting as the participants, because we all were enriched by realizing how many different points of view there are, and yet how they all overlapped and came together at the notion that this public, this rare and beautiful public resource should be protected. And that's true whether you live in Monroe County, Brown County, Martin County, Dubois County, Perry County, Crawford County, any of the nine counties that have Hoosier National Forest in them. So the next steps are very clear. 
Uh, we are going to continue to work with every elected official at every level to get them to require the Forest Service to follow the law and write a new plan for the Hoosier National Forest. As I mentioned to you earlier, we went to the Crawford County Commissioners meeting yesterday, and the Crawford County Commissioners voted unanimously now to join the Orange County Commissioners and the Crawford County Commissioners in asking the Forest Service to listen to their constituents, write a new plan for the Hoosier National Forest, one that protects public interests, public values, and the many amenities that only these small public lands can provide that are not readily available from private land. So we're going to continue to work with uh, the county officials all across the Hoosier National Forest. We are looking forward to speaking with the commissioners of Dubois County, but we're also looking forward to approaching the board of the Potoka Lake Regional Sewer and Water District to let them know what the Forest Service has proposed for the immediate watershed of Potoka Lake. As you probably know, and I know many of your listeners know, several groups, including Monroe County Commissioners and the Indiana Forest Alliance, sued the Forest Service over the harms that the Houston South Project in Jackson and Lawrence counties would do to the watershed and water quality of Lake Monroe. And Judge Pratt in the Southern Federal District of Indiana ruled in favor of Monroe County and the Indiana Forest Alliance and said that the Forest Service did not do an adequate job of protecting water quality or even revealing what the impact of their intensive logging and burning proposals would be. So that project is on hold. And the Potoka Lake watershed would be even more dramatically affected by the Buffalo Springs proposal than Lake Monroe would have been by Houston South. So we're going to continue to demand protection of these municipal water supplies. We're going to continue to demand protection of habitat for rare, threatened, and endangered species like the Indiana bat, the northern long-eared bat, the gray bat, and the other bat species that are so uh, imperiled by continued logging and, and habitat destruction and, of course, by the disease that has had such a devastating impact on their populations. So we're going to be speaking to the county commissioners. We're going to the Potoka Lake uh, Sewer and Water District Board, and we are going to continue to lobby our two senators, in particular, Senators Braun and Young. And if your listeners would like to take action, please contact Senator Braun and Senator Young and your member of Congress and ask them to please insist that the Forest Service come up with a new plan for the Hoosier National Forest, one that is looking forward rather than backward, and one that protects the public values that we expect to find in our public forests. Can you briefly explain your involvement in the last lawsuit to protect the forest? Yes, I'd be glad to. Thank you. In 1985, the forest, in November of 1985, the Forest Service issued a proposal to build 112 miles of off-road vehicle trails through the Hoosier National Forest. Half of those would have been in Brown County, and the other half would have been in Orange County. And without going into a lot of detail, let's just say that it was a very involved and very intense period of time with lots of folks coming to uh, the aid of the forest at that time and starting that group I mentioned called Protect Our Woods to oppose the off-road vehicle trails through an area that had once been a black American settlement in Orange County of freed slaves and others who had settled here north of the Mason-Dixon line to escape the 
the tragedy of slavery in the southern states. So ironically, that was the one part of the Hoosier National Forest where the Forest Service proposed to build motorcycle trails. And we opposed that and we were successful in stopping that and in getting the Hoosier National Forest officially declared the first national forest in the country closed to off-road vehicle traffic. Then we went on to discover there was something called a forest plan that the ORV trail proposal had been separated out from, and that plan had been approved, and it called for virtually the entire national forest to be clear-cut on either an 80- or 120-year rotation, for the entire forest to be open to oil and gas drilling, and for every square mile of national forest for up to five miles of new roads to be constructed in the forest supposedly to supply the need for motorized recreation, but in reality to provide logging roads for the Forest Service plan mm-hmm. to extract all that timber. So once again, lots of people involved, lots of groups at the state level, but Protect Our Woods played a key role, and we were able to get that plan withdrawn and a new substantially amended plan put in in its place in 1991, which called for a far greater degree of protection for public values and water quality and so forth. Fast forward, of course, now to the 2022 and the last few years, the Forest Service has dramatically ramped up their logging proposals again as a whole new crop of Forest Service employees tries to basically re-implement the 1985 plan in the guise of restoration. Now they don't log for timber. They log because it's supposedly restoring something. But the only two things that we can identify that it's restoring are, one, the abused and degraded condition that so much of the land was in at the time it was acquired for incorporation into the National Forest, and two, restoring the Forest Service's budget because the Forest Service, it turns out, gets to keep almost all the money they get from selling the public's trees that we pay them to protect. And so everybody was successful back then. Do you feel like we're on the right trajectory to be successful today? Well, um, if the Forest Service were able to implement the provisions of the 2006 Forest Plan that the Buffalo Springs proposal and the Houston South proposal and the Oriole uh, project down in Crawford County were proposed under, then I would say we were going backwards. We were headed in exactly the wrong direction. But if the citizens are able to successfully call to the elected officials' attention and to get the attention of higher-ups within the Forest Service as to what is being proposed and how back-asswards it is, pardon me, mm-hmm. uh, relative <laughs> to what we need in this um, modern climate era, uh, then if we were able to raise that public awareness and demonstrate clear public opposition to the logging, the burning, the herbicide spraying, the road building, then we can implement something like our citizens' preferred alternative for the Buffalo Springs area and for the Hoosier National Forest. And that alternative uh, would protect all of the national forest ownership and would focus management techniques and practices on adjacent private land, which is often logged with no regard for what the future stand might look like. So with good management on private lands, we can get all the benefits the Forest Service claims that they would uh, 
that would accrue if they were to implement a proposal for the Hoosier National Forest, but we can get those benefits on private land and we can protect the public lands for all the many, many benefits that they provide that private lands just cannot. And that's watershed protection, that's habitat for rare, threatened, and endangered species, including five species of bats that are critically endangered that are found few other places in the world, but all of which have been found in these portions of the Hoosier National Forest that the Forest mm -hmm. Service is now proposing to log. It would provide for recreation, provide for soil and water retention, climate moderation, carbon sequestration, and so forth on the public lands. And that's our intention is to pursue that objective until we are successful. And yes, I think we are very much on track. The Forest Service has lost all momentum for their proposals to log and burn and the public opposition and the public desire to see these public lands, a very small area of public land, I might add, see it protected. You should know that the Hoosier National Forest is only 200,000 acres total out of a state with 23 million acres, which was originally 20 to 21 million acres covered with mature, diverse hardwood forests. Now of that original forest, only 1,500 acres or so escaped the original clearing of the land, and only about a 20% of that total is back in any kind of forest cover now. So we believe that uh, the public land should be protected. And just for the record, the entire Hoosier National Forest, if it were in one block, could fit entirely within Monroe County or Lawrence County or Orange County with 50 to 60,000 acres left over. It's that small. You could fit the entire forest in any one of these counties with a lot of land left over uh, still in private ownership. What are your main concerns about the proposed logging and burning project? Uh, that is a very good question. Our main concerns about the logging and burning project is how counterintuitive it is in a time of pronounced and rapidly accelerating climate change and planetary warming and weather pattern disruption to try and convert one of the greatest assets we have in our region, which is a biologically rich, uh, genetically diverse, fire-resistant wet forest into a biologically impoverished, dried-out, fire-adapted forest, which is exactly what the Forest Service's proposal would do. It would expose thousands of acres of land that is currently under a dense tree cover to baking sun, uh, pounding rain, and in increasingly intense wind, creating massive release of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere because far more carbon is stored in the soil than in the trees, actually. So it would release enormous quantities of carbon into the atmosphere. It would pollute the air. They would spray poisons to suppress the vegetation that would come back under their clear cuts. They would repeatedly burn the forest in a time of climate change, mind you, repeatedly burn the forest at the time when the largest fire in the history of the state of New Mexico is currently burning and consuming people's homes over 390,000 acres, I believe last time I heard. Uh, and that was two Forest Service controlled burns that managed to escape and cause devastating uh, and catastrophic injury to the landscape. So we're opposed to their burning proposals because it's not needed. We're opposed to their logging proposals because those are certainly not needed in, in, in habitat for these rare, threatened, and endangered species, especially the bat populations that have declined by 95% since the plan was written in 2006. 
And it's worth noting that 2006 was the year that white nose syndrome in bats was first identified. And it's that very uh, syndrome that was first identified the year that the Hoosier National Forest Plan was released in 2006 that has caused such devastating collapses in bat populations. And just for those who enjoy being outdoors on summer evenings, bats consume their weight in insects every night. So if you don't like mosquitoes, you should love bats. So you mentioned earlier that you're working on a plan to propose to the Forest Service as well. Did I hear that right? Yes, that's absolutely right. In fact, we had a telephone conference call recently with a Senator Braun's staff, and they asked us to provide them with our policy positions regarding the Hoosier. And it just so happens that is something we've been working on from the from the get go. Is if we were to uh, design and implement a plan based on the greatest good for the greatest number of people and for all the other species that depend on that forest, that small public forest ownership and in a, a, a public land, poor and population dense, highly industrialized, ha highly agriculturalized state like Indiana, what would that plan look like? And that is what we are coming up with. And it's one that's going to focus on water quality protection. It's going to focus on protecting historic, cultural, and archaeological features. It's going to focus on protecting karst features, caves, sinks, springs, rock shelters. It's going to focus on protecting habitat and biological diversity, especially neotropical migratory songbirds and endangered bat species. It's going to focus on public recreation, low-impact public recreation, like hiking, hunting, horse riding, mushroom hunting, uh, nature study, spiritual renewal, all the wonderful things that large, majestic, mature forests provide to a public that is desperate for those kinds of natural experiences. And then, of course, we would design a plan that would m do its best to recognize the role that these mature public forests play in moderating the extremes of climate change and importantly in sequestering carbon. These are going to be our front line of defense against a dramatically changing climate in the years to come. And the Hoosier National Forest has a great role to play and the listeners of WFHB have a great role to play in making sure that their desires for these public lands are protected in that new plan. So I know that the timeline for all of this has kind of and been pushed back a little. I think the Forest Service said they would have a public hearing or meeting in April, and that I think hasn't happened yet. Um, do you have any idea about what people can expect for how long we have to oppose it or and when they're trying to implement it? Well, I think the public, and this includes your listeners who've been involved in this issue, need to take the opportunity to reflect on three major victories that the public has had in this Buffalo Springs proposal already. When they released their proposal in October, they gave the public 30 days, a total of 30 days to provide site-specific substantial comments on an area, a, a proposal that covers an area of 30,000 acres. They wanted to give us 30 days to provide site-specific comments on 30,000 acres of forest land, public and private. 
And so, of course, we insisted that they have to give us more time to visit all these sites that they're proposing to log and burn and build roads and spray herbicide. And they said, no, we will not extend the comment period, but we will continue to accept public comments. So that was a major victory because we have been continuing to submit comments, and I strongly urge your listeners to continue to contact the Forest Service and say, dear friends, we want this forest protected, and here's why. Have you considered this? Have you considered the salamanders? Have you considered soil microbes? Have you considered air quality? Have you considered the cost of operations? Have you considered the threat from endangered species? So continuing to ask the Forest Service questions about their proposal. But their second victory was that they intended to have their draft environmental assessment out in April, and they said so many times. And we submitted enough comments and forced them to answer enough questions that they hadn't already prepared uh, uh, stock answers to that they had to actually do a little bit more homework in response to public concerns. And then they said, well, we won't get it out in April, but we're going to get it out in May. Well, guess what? May came and May went without them releasing their draft environmental uh, assessment. And that is once again due to outstanding work of the people of the state of Indiana and, and other states commenting on this Buffalo Springs proposal and forcing the Forest Service to pay attention to the owners of the public land, the American people, before they implement such a dramatic and drastic and destructive proposal on our public land. I will just wrap things up by asking if there's anything else you would like to add. Well, I would encourage everyone who's interested, if you happen to be on Facebook, please check out the group Save Hoosier National Forest. It's a Facebook group, Save Hoosier National Forest. And there's another uh, Facebook group. It's a private group, but you would be welcome to join if you want to see the forest protected. And, and that Facebook group is Protect Our Woods. So if you're on Facebook, please join those two groups. But if you're not on Facebook, but you are online, please go to Save Hoosier National Forest.com for more information, including all of the action steps you can take and some of the recent developments in this in the effort on the part of many, many citizens of this state to permanently protect the Hoosier National Forest for all the public values that it provides uh, at no cost to the American people. Support for the WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com.